1: The Around the NFL podcast is doing leg lifts under the desk. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Got heroes here Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Happy Mother's Day belatedly to all the moms out there that listen to the show, and there's a lot of them. But we're already spinning forward in this studio because we got a cool dad convention right now. We got a white denim jacket on Rosenthal, black denim on (laughs) Sessler. I just want to green screen me and put the good angel and the bad angel on each shoulder. Jacket bro. Tell me what to do and how to play.
2: Uh, Yeah, last last weekend when we went out, um, I commented I liked Mark's uh, denim jacket look he's been sporting lately. So I went into my uh, closet to try to find the closest thing I have and thought we could be jacket bros today.
3: Well, I really feel that connection with you, Greg.
1: <laughs> it is. And is, you do, also I, asked me... Oh, this this is ahead, an advertisement. Oh, no, it's it's check like, us out on YouTube.
3: Like, I, I, You know, it's like, uh, how many episodes in a row um, could I uh, wade through without whatever I wear uh, or don't wear being commented on?
1: <laughs> well, the, it was funny that... Uh, when we got together uh, with a certain individual last week uh, to celebrate times with a certain individual um, <laughs> that uh, you asked Greg, because yeah. Mark was wearing this very handsome I Levi's faded black jacket, jean yeah. jacket. How come you haven't said anything on the show? Cause you're always bringing up sartorial choices of us on, uh, on the program. And I said, this one was a big deal. The, the faded Levi denim, so I needed to give it a little time to marinate. I knew it would be too hot if I came right away with a comment about it, so I gave it a couple weeks.
3: It's good strategy um, on your part. I, it's just like I feel like jean jackets have been around for
1: hundreds of years. If but not, not on more. you. Well, not that's... since maybe uh, you know Lake Happiness, maybe
3: around those times. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, I
2: don't have the same um, social uh, graces or intelligence that Dan does, and I came in hot. (laughs) And Mark did not like it when I brought it up.
3: No, I liked it. I think I I did what you did, Greg. I fired a shot back at whatever you had on your body at the time. I wasn't taking shots.
1: Um, All right, welcome to the Monday edition of Around the NFL. As we kind of ease into our uh, off-season sched, you'll get uh, two eps a week uh, until you know around training camp, unless. You know, things pop up here and there. Uh, we'll be doing shows from here in the studio. We're at, as I said, at the top, the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio. Um, but we'll be doing some remote shows too, and uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a road show. I want to have a conversation about that, a road show. Well, we've also got
2: the big theology podcast on the docket too. So that is, is this the year? A big week?
3: Yeah, later this summer, I think. But for both of those things, I think the road show, multiple stops. Or are you just saying we go on the road to one place?
1: Uh, I mean, all this stuff, I guess, is that's for a meeting, an extended meeting, Mark, for us all after the show. I'm talking a beefy 60, 75 minute.
3: I'll be forming my verbal strategy during <laughs> the show to uh, ensure my quick exit.
1: Today's episode uh, is a uh, a fun little exercise that uh, to kind of take a look at the landscape as the, of the NFL as we enter kind of a very quiet period on the calendar. Um Voluntary mini camps have taken place. Uh, when will the quote-unquote mandatory camps, uh, veteran camps? Uh, the, f- the first and second week of June. They, they wrap up,
2: uh, I think, June 13th to 15th is the second uh, week of them.
1: Right. So this feels like a good time to uh, break out our, our gl- glossary of terms, uh, 2023 NFL offseason. And, and as I recall, uh, Mark, uh, we enjoyed doing this last year, but it's kind of annoying how many letters there are.
3: Yeah, I mean that's something they could have dealt with from from an alphabet alphabet alph- alph- wise you know scenario a long time ago, but they continue on with though we've got to have twenty six letters. Little bit of bloat. You
1: like know, you, you have your uh, baseball season is too long thing. I would love a pivot to the alphabet is too long.
3: I as think they, a running they go uh, on, monologue. I and mean, I'm correct on the on the baseball thing.
1: Oh, um, I love it! I love the, the glory of a long season and the twists and turns of it all.
3: But this, to your point, this episode I looked at last year's was like a. An hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, Uh, So Uh, we've made an an adjustment to it, I believe.
2: We have. Just be happy we're not, you know, producing this show um, in China or, like, you know, with the Chinese language as our background. uh, Around 50,000 Chinese characters... Apparently, uh, an average adult, I know, is maybe about 8,000. So that would, be, that would be an extremely long episode. That would be a year.
1: So you say that <laughs> as, a, uh, as a bullet dodge. So what we're doing, we're going to break this into two parts, uh, A through M today, and through Z on Thursday. But, you know, think like year 20 of ATN, and we're just like, what the hell are we going to talk about? We'll just do the Chinese alphabet in 2034. Yeah, it
3: feels braggy to have that many uh, letters. A little bit.
1: Symbols. Turn it down. Turn it down a little bit. Make an adjustment. All right. Anything else before we get into the glossary?
2: No, I want to see how you transition. China takes a shot. No, <laughs> In it's, a it's no, there's no shot. I'm just saying that would be uh, factual, prob- problematic uh, if we were trying to do it. And also seems oh, like very I have difficult it. and for
1: most of headline our for this podcast episode: Greg Rosenthal, colon, China problematic. We're covered. I thought you were you were the problematic one here. <laughs> the the uh, gears are turning
2: toward Rosie as the J- Japanese got about eight thousand characters, and that and that's come up because my my kids are learning a little bit. You know, there's like the most basic language, but like right. you try to get to the the third the third level. Right.
3: Well, little. What, are you, what are you gonna do? Fresh. you're gonna you learn seventy five hundred characters. I took Japanese, thinking my mm. dad told me it would be smart for you. Like no future, no known future. If you want to be a businessman, you need to know Japanese. Three months later, I had a a raging, I think I got about a 42 out of 100 um, score in that class and just got a flying F. Never revisited the language, never will.
1: (laughs) At least it was a flying F. (laughs) You know, let's get into it. The glossary of terms. And we're going to go all over the map here. Hopefully we don't have too much overlap. Um, But by the time we finish this exercise at the end of the week, you're going to be totally immersed in the NFL experience. And let's start with A. A for all is quiet. Oh. Just kind of a uh, little uh, preamble here, a little touching on what we just hit. Like uh, I'll use your old got, your old job, uh, Greg, as an example. Pro football talk. Uh, scrolled through their content for the last week or so. About eighty four percent of it is rookie contracts being signed. <laughs> Never the most electrifying read, especially in the post uh, rookie slotting era of the CBA. just literally no drama whatsoever. Uh, there is one editorial that was curiously posted after 10 p.m. Eastern last night title. Should NFL shut down on Mother's Day weekend? Some takes in there. <laughs> <laughs> so my point being, uh, there's just not a lot going on right now. Um, so wait, it was disrespectful to the mothers to do rookie mini camps. Uh, it was. <laughs> I think that of. was the thought. It was yeah. pointed out that back in 2004, uh, this is Mike Florio who wrote it. Receiver Plaxico Burris boycotted a, mandi- a mandatory mini camp that was set for Mother's Day weekend. Uh, apparently Scott Pioli, our colleague, had reached out and got a little spicy on Twitter uh, hmm. talking about how you know there should not be these activities. Football is family, or uh, so he believes. <clears throat> what
3: about the other 18 holidays that they've totally laid siege to?
1: I don't know, and I also like... I don't know how it would play for players to be like, you know, Hey coach, uh, love to put on some khakis and, uh, go to a brunch. Uh, so, uh, can I miss practice this, this weekend? I don't know if that would go over very well either. So it's almost like you just kind of grin and bear it if it's falling on that weekend.
3: Well, it gave Mike Florio something to do. So
1: that's true. But anyway, we get to take a breath and, um, and, and kind of, churn through the the minutiae of it all. So I'm happy if you're listening to the show right now that it's not the most action-packed part of the calendar, but it's all quiet.
2: It's kind of coming, though. I mean, at least there's players on the field you can there is something about seeing Anthony Richardson throw a ball far while wearing the Indianapolis Colts Jersey that just like gets me going a little bit and, you know, get, gets you thinking about the future. And then soon there'll be OTAs. But the difference between now and 2004, for instance, when they were doing those mandatory like veteran minicamps, camps is just, there's so much less this time of year. We basically have the next three or four weeks, but it's pretty light. Even the mandatory mini camps are light. Whereas back in 2004, There were 15 OTAs. Most teams took them all. Most teams, it was semi-required, and you would do one or two mandatory minicamps where people are really tackling stuff. It's a totally different offseason, and I, uh, for one, welcome it. Yes, all right.
1: B. Who has
2: B? I've got B, and uh, that's going to be the word, uh, (laughs) a-boing. Let's hear it. I mean, uh, this... (laughs) Okay, okay. Ew. Ew, I don't know. We, we want to try that out. I, that would be the sound uh, that best describes me when a player from my top 101 finally gets signed. You know, uh, the top 101 still sitting out Wait, there. Wait, so what is the blowing exactly? I'm sorry, I'm the problematic one here? Um, well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's just, I mean, like yeah. a, it's just like a fun mm-hmm. word. Sometime with this glossary exercise, we're in year three, you just see the letter, yeah. and it just a word pops up, sure. and then you've got to retrofit something that comes to it. Boing. It's an onomatopoeia. you know. Um, it's not officially in the dictionary, uh, but I think it can be used in many different ways. And I do get excited when players come off the 101. I, I, I thought, again, to kind of intro this exercise, this time of year, I have noticed lately, I'm not saying GMs are you know, going through my oh, list, Greg,
1: be careful here.
2: Um, but there have been quite a few players that have been picked off from the list lately. Isaiah Wynn, maybe I'll, I'll mention a little later, a couple different different uh, players. They're all between 25 and, and 75. And it's a reminder. A lot of these guys that are signed this time of year end up having a way bigger impact than all those first and second round picks that like we've spent two or three months talking about. So some players still left only 11. Like I said, Yannick Ngakwe, he give you some pass rush. Sure, you know? sure. Not much of a run stopper. Jadevian uh, Clowney. I think he can at least give you 500 uh, decent snaps for you. Dalton he Reisner. won't try
1: necessarily hard, but uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be great.
2: Dalton Reisner, pretty good guard who's out there. Marcus Peters, he's visiting the Raiders this week. Leonard Floyd, I I thought had a solid enough season last year. He He's a, like a decent starter. Melvin Ingram, who always starts every season great, then falls off. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater still looking for a job. Frank Clark is still looking for a job. Uh, Bryce Callahan, who had a nice season in the slot for the Chargers last year. Justin Houston, who, who signs every year in August and then ends up being uh, quite good. And then John Johnson, who really struggled with the Browns, thought he might end up back on the Rams, but they're not signing anyone. These are all guys who went into free agency. They're, they're not unsigned because they're they're terrible. They're unsigned because they all had expectations of making a certain amount of money in free agency, and it just wasn't happening for them. So they will have jobs at some point. And like, these guys will help, like I said, a, a lot more than plenty of second and third round picks.
1: And the over, overwhelming majority of the names you just listed of remaining guys are over 30. They're on the Greybeards. Literally all of them, there except well. and Reisner, I think. Um, I don't know. Not, is so. Carson Wentz coming up uh, in any capacity in he this? He
3: is. Uh, I, I read a report today that he's – so. this sounds like it came straight from his agent, that he's receiving interest and is open to playing any role. That could be even uh, maybe off the field. I'm not sure what, right. what that would so So,
1: uh, yeah, Wentz and Bridgewater, both 30 years old, the two quarterbacks from the Greybeards, uh, still out there. Uh, yeah. Wentz, you know, interesting how it seems like the way this is going now, it's going from he found a starting job last year, and now he's just trying to be in the league, which hmm. tells you a lot about he's Washington. Played, he's played
3: himself out of a multiple starting jobs. So I think it's like when they start, you know, Greg, not doing these OTAs, but they're hitting each other and a quarterback goes down in a calamitous scenario, suddenly Carson Wentz looks a little bit better than he does in early May.
2: Right, and, and you don't have to give up the compensatory pick. Now, like we're into that time of year, Yassin, who I thought was a really good signing by the Ravens recently. It's just like these little ones. The Jets finally brought Connor McGovern back and like then, then they drafted someone. So that was a little surprising. Like, just these little signings, they, they matter.
1: And Robbie Gold still out there? Cowboys still uh, Cowboys. without any kicker? What are they we have, doing? They
3: have a kicker who has 12 field goal attempts in his career. So go get run. What are we
1: doing? What are we doing? Is, is Robbie Gould asking for too much money? Because guess what? He's worth it. Go get him. All right, the letter C, Mark Sessler. I like to write
3: little odes. So this is my.
1: Mark with a C, by the way.
3: Yeah, so I'm glad that you uh, you assigned these. So I'm glad you gave me the dog s- Mark with the C. That's, there you go. We're now
2: just doing live uh, interpretations of old uh, drops. I saw Mark Ingram in the It's just the, the best we can do week. at this you? point.
3: You know who saw, you know who saw in the hallway today? Who? Dominic and Sue. I'm sitting at my desk. You know how where we sit. Everyone just sort of. Yeah. Mark, would have seen He even looked to see what I was doing on my computer. Did he? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was his only goal, but he, uh, a, he can't cool. help it.
1: I, I was hoping for a second the way that story was set up that he was sitting at your desk and then you were gonna have to ask him to move.
3: Uh that wouldn't go well. I walked
2: by him General as well. stomped to the nuts. He's 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 much larger than me. For half a second, he looked at me like. Do I know that guy? Did he interview me at, like, the rookie premiere in
3: 2011? Oh, no, I don't. don't.
1: Did he bring uh, me and Lee Iacocca hot fudge Sundays at the uh, Ford plant? I can't remember.
3: Or is a small child roaming the building? (laughs) With a cool uh, dad jean jacket.
1: Let's go. Uh, The letter C, Mark. Do You want to
2: do
3: this? All right. (laughs) C is for cheers.
1: That's a loaded question, by the way. Go on. I I mean,
3: I don't know why I've written these out, but, like, C is for Cheers. Cheers to all those who cover the Denver Broncos and really talking heads everywhere for, up to now, pumping the brakes on ponderous theories and or credibility-free think pieces on the presumed turnaround of Russell Wilson under the watch of Mm. Sean Payton. It's a space where we could definitely see gabbers and attention-seeking rah-rah journos take possession, take claim of the Russell Wilson bounce-back narrative, and so far... It's pretty quiet on that front. A collective chill pill has been swallowed. So cheers to you, fellow football Mm. heads.
1: Bad news. And you're right. You're so right. Right. May 15th. And when Russ gets to the veteran camp and then training camp, I think that's going to be a very... Well massaged narrative.
3: I'll take what I can get because I thought even in another world, the minute that Sean Payton was hired, this could have started. And it's I think that it's I good, think it starts call. with the fact that Sean Payton doesn't seem that into Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson's private office in the building or Russell Wilson's private training staff. He sort of bumped against that verbally every time. So I appreciate you Sean know Payton on this.
1: You know, what I think it is. Greg, I'm curious. I know because you were a little head of this Wilson thing. He was so bad last year that he looked cooked. So I think there's a. It didn't feel like necessarily he was in a, a. And Hackett did poorly, as did the whole organization there to to really set them up for success. And they had injury issues, of course, as well. Bad offensive line play. They lost Javante Williams. They lost uh, wide receivers. It was a, it was a bad year in Denver. But I'm operating under the um, idea that he just is uh, one of those players, and it does happen where their their mm. their shelf life was shorter than expected, and you're going to get. Uh, just um, a lesser version of him almost every year until he's essentially a backup in his mid-30s. That's kind of where I'm at now. Limited, And I'll be happy to be proven wrong because he seems like, in some ways, a good guy. He's very active in charity. And Sierra, they go around the world together and they have a great old time. (laughs) Uh, But he might be shot, Greg. He might be shot.
2: I think there will be puff pieces. I think there will be hope and expectation. And I don't think it's unreasonable that with Sean Payton there... And the weapons that they have, that he'll bounce back to like average, that that he'll be closer to what he was the last three weeks of the season when he was like hey, he made a couple wrestle plays and wasn't like a total nightmare. And he'll have a couple good weeks. And at the end of the year, you know, he's ranked 18th in QB index because that would be a bounce back. He w- he was one of the worst three or four quarterbacks in the entire league. That the NFL I thought didn't totally get out of the. Uh, Broncos business—they did give him three primetime games. You Good know, fan base. I guess, but a pretty three, big you know, Chiefs, Vikings. He has a Sunday night game against the Vikings in the middle of the season. Uh, An NFL Network one uh, on Christmas Eve against the Patriots. So, I I I know that you know, you haven't heard the Russell Wilson hype, but I do think the Denver local media is buying into the Sean Payton hype. I'm starting to see that. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And also, it should be noted once more that Jared Stidham. Was poached from the Raiders on the first day of free agency by Sean Payton. So pretty good money. If yes, at at a good rate. So I don't know if he is a middling quarterback. If he is a so-so quarterback, and they are a four and five, five and seven team, I don't imagine he's going to stick with Russell Wilson. If he if they were so. Uh, hot in the pants to bring the backup in. They probably are going to want to see the backup if they're already thinking internally mm-hmm. we're starting to turn the page. I
3: think it's I think it's creating a narrative to break free from Russell Wilson after this season, which probably had to have been promised to Sean Payton. You know their third quarterback is named uh, Jared Garantano, and it's spelled exactly. They have two Jareds spelled exactly the same way behind Russell Wilson. So there's a lot of heat coming That's out. It's a of lot. Uh, ben Denucci, I think. Hey,
1: Ben Denucci. X- XFL or
2: USC?
3: US- US-
2: Hey, uh, you up to, Benny delucci he, He's on the he's on the Broncos. There are there aren't many uh receiver groups that are better than the Broncos. I know they might trade.
3: Uh, I feel the, like we were saying that last off. I get know. it, but
2: now they've kept that they kept that in Sutton, Patrick, Jerry, Judy. I like KJ Hamler if he stays healthy. Marvin Mims is a second round pick. We didn't really hit on that, but he's a nice player. Marcus Callaway's your six. I mean, he's got
1: some weapons. <laughs> Not bad. Not. Bad. Um, all right, and let's move to the letter D. D is for desperate. Mm. The Bengals—they're a little desperate for their place in the sun. And I don't even—I don't even hate on them for it necessarily, but a little needy, uh, really? reaching out to the NFL and saying, "Hi, guys, it's us, the Bengals. Um, not only do we want to be on Black Friday this year." we would like to preemptively put our name in the hat to always be the black Friday team. We want to be the lions of the day after Thanksgiving. How about us guys? How you feel about us? And, uh, <laughs> I kind of love this. And Mike North, uh, NFL executive, Mike North schedule guy. He's like the Peter North of schedules. Like he's the guy. <laughs> okay. Um, he said that, Hey, listen, the Bengals actually raised their hand and volunteer and said, we'd be happy to host the first black Friday game. He's the vice president for broadcast planning North. In fact, we'd be happy to make this a tradition. How about black Friday in Cincinnati every year? I'm sure that will be. And then he added, I'm sure that'll be something to explore moving forward. So I like the play. I like the aggression, but also it kind of came off as a little, like, you know, you know, and you like a girl in high school and, and you kind of overplay your hand a little bit.
3: And Some people beyond high school do that.
1: Right, exactly. See it out on the town all the time. You just kind of overplay your hand instead of playing it cool. Like, they probably, if they would have just raised their hand and say, how about Black Friday for us? We've got Joe Burrow. We're a powerhouse. Right. And then if it goes well, like, maybe you start to say, hey, we'll do it next year, too. But to come in hot and say, we want Black Friday this year and every year. Cool. It came off a little D, I,
3: so I love. I absolutely could not agree more. Um, yeah. The the only little addendum I would throw in there that maybe is sneaky smart by them because it does look like all those things is that means number one um, for the rest of time everyone attached to the Bengals organization spends Thanksgiving Day. Uh, at home with their family. Right. Uh, they got to go to work the next day, but that's true of a lot of people. But it's like, you're never going to have to fly somewhere else or mm. you know, lug a bunch of equipment to uh, you know, Detroit or fill in the blank on Thanksgiving Day. Other than that, I don't think that was part of their strategy. It just simply, they look like teenage boys.
2: Might have been. I mean, the Brown, they are a, uh, a family owned business. One of the few left. I mean, in terms of like the original NFL uh, families, maybe they were trying to just uh, keep it all tight on Thanksgiving, not go out. Uh, Katie Blackburn's running that ship now. Uh, it's sad, <laughs> especially KB. because it it feeds into um, Midwestern insecurities. Yeah. It, is Cincinnati in the Midwest? Did we ever get a... Uh, we, it is. A,
1: West tried to pitch that it was in the South, I believe, <laughs> which was a... Uh, um, it's close to Kentucky. That was pretty out there, yeah. It's
2: really feeding into the insecurities of East Coast bias because, you know, Mike North, who... I don't know if the Bengals would like him putting this business out there because it does make them look a, a yeah. little pathetic. Uh, he said Amazon requested that one of the New York teams. I
1: know, play. I saw that. That was I was going to make that point See? next. Amazon reached out to us, yeah. And Mike is very, uh, he's like very talkative about this. Like he is letting people know that Mike North is in charge. Amazon reached out to us and said New York is the number one retail market in the country, and a game in New York might be a fun way to introduce this concept. Mm. The Giants Eagles was also considered. So yeah, this does. And I understand even as someone who's a native of New York, I understand why those frustrations exist um, since he just played played a little stronger hand there.
3: It's a great information from Mike North, who just seems to want to dish left and right. I mean, it's can we
1: get him on the show. I
3: think we should. I mean, it it sounds like
2: he'll talk about literally anything. He he I would he would absolutely want to come on the show. I know Mike North a little bit because the first year I worked for the NFL. Right. I had a desk. It was heard about this. essentially in business development which didn't make any sense uh but right around the corner the scheduling Is it north of you department <laughs> and uh they were you know they were friendly guys in that department uh you know just just a few desks away and they they would get very busy and stressed and I remember I once asked to like go look at what's going on on their boards they wouldn't they wouldn't like, no. do that he was a nice guy I do remember once at the <laughs> NFL office and this was not Mike North but um, uh, a certain higher-ranking executive went by my desk, and was very um, upset that that NFL.com was mentioning the NBA. They were like comparing athletes to LeBron, and they were like, "We can't have that. Like, we gotta not give." Can't the be NBA. comparing
3: these athletes to NBA players. No, you Learn can't. That. Like,
2: we cannot um, <laughs> cannot give them any juice. And he he held me personally responsible. So I was like, "I don't know."
1: Who's I remember gonna... writing roughly twelve around the NFL <laughs> blog posts about. Would LeBron James make a good tight end for the Dallas Cowboys (laughs) metrics gold. It was all right, let's take a break and we'll move on with the glossary of terms. Part one,
0: you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: All right, We're back. Uh, we're up to letter E with Greggy. All right. my uh,
2: My word is expectations. As in the Cleveland Browns should have high expectations this year. This is coming off... The Zedarius Smith trade, which we haven't hit uh, on this show yet. Zedarius Smith, who had a great first half of the season for the Vikings and had a great career in general uh, before falling off down the stretch. And we talked about he wanted to be traded. He wanted more money. Got dealt to the Browns for a couple day three pick swaps. Essentially nothing. Just a contract dump where they give up a couple fists and they get a sixth and a seventh back. It's nothing. And they get a really good second pass rusher if he can stay healthy and if they can kind of keep him focused, which has been an issue for zadaria Smith. And as you mentioned uh, about Clowney, uh, just that position in general for Cleveland. And I just started thinking this team has had a really nice off season. I like what they did adding Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman. I think the offensive line's in good shape. You still have uh, Chubb, you know, N- Njoku, Conklin signed long-terms. Like I liked what they did in the draft. You bring in Dalvin Thomason. It's a good secondary. I, I look at this roster, I think it's a very good roster, and I think there should be high expectations for the Browns. I don't know if they'll hit him, because I don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to ever get back to the way he was. But this is year four of Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. You gave up boatload of draft picks and gave a guy the most guaranteed money in the history of the sport. Of course, there should be massive expectations. And I actually think... If Watson can play, they have the team to reach them. And if they don't reach them, I, I think there's going to have to be changes because year four, like, what are we doing here? What was the Watson trade and all that misery for if not to win some games? I, I love the Smith move. I, I like the roster general.
3: I think we got back this offseason to Andrew Barry being the guy that I found so fascinating, the way that he quickly... Uh, Builds a team. I think he's done a better job than Stefanski. Um, you're right, Watson is the absolute X factor there, but Miles Garrett, who's sort of been along with like Denzel Ward alone on that defense. Um, Jim Schwartz, I think people forget, is the new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You got Miles Garrett, you got Okoronkwo, you got Zadarius Smith. You Last year, that interior def- defensive line was a mess. You've got Tomlinson, Jordan Elliott's a good young player. They can move guys all over the place because Smith is someone that you can line up along with everyone else and the defense to me, which has been a real weakness at times in the past. um, If you look at their PFF grades on both sides of the ball, there really isn't a raging weakness other than the lowest score of anyone is Deshaun Watson. So you have to find out what he is. Mm. Uh,
1: Yeah. I I mean, I kind of was saying this when you did the GM rankings. I thought you had him too low, Andrew Barry because of Deshaun and all the heat that was cooked into that. But like, He has overall done a pretty good job, I think, building out this roster. And I think people it's and this is why you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube with Watson, because you could say he's back to who he was. Well, everything changed uh, when when they brought in Watson. So no matter what happens, and I think this is ultimately the grand oversight of the Browns, no matter what happens, even if they go to the Super Bowl this year, people are going to only talk about in those two weeks going up to the Super Bowl. I can't believe Deshaun Watson's playing in the Super Bowl. Like you made, you got in bed uh, with a character that really changes fundamentally how people view the team. However, you can't look at this roster and not say that's a playoff team if Deshaun Watson gets back to who he was. And I think that he is more more likely. And I know it was not a good six games. In fact, it was a pretty bad six games. I think it's more likely he returns to form or something close to it than he just sucks now, because. When you break down why would he be bad, you would look at things like: is there a decline in skill, age related decline? Is he uh, playing with no skill, talent? Is the offensive coaching not up to snuff? None of those things are the case. So I think men- is he mentally tough? Is he mentally tough? Well, I think he wasn't I have year. to say He's though, shrunk. and this is we're separating some things now. Of course he has a level of mental toughness. He made it to the NFL. He was a college legend right. at Clemson and became a superstar quarterback. It's all still there. And whether people like it or not, there is absolutely reality where the Browns kick ass this year. I, I think so. And I, I guess,
2: yeah, that's why I wanted to throw that out there. Cause I think the Smith trade was the cherry on top of like, they should be expecting a lot though. The reason why I don't feel bad that he's low in the GM rankings is it's a huge risk. And if, if it doesn't work out, that's all on him. That's all on them. And, like, what what are they doing here? Like, it, it, it ends up being one of the worst trades, like, like that you could come up with. And I'm, Browns fans just kind of can't have it both ways. They, they don't like pointing out that he was worse than Russell Wilson last year. He's one of the worst five quarterbacks in the league, I would say. And it was the worst six-game stretch of Watson's career by far. Like, Well, there's no know,
3: other stretch like it.
2: Right. Even as a rookie, like, there was no other stretch like it. You you. You can't have it that you can't say that and like say, well, he's he's coming back. And then also say, well, there's no expectations this year. Like, I think Browns fans probably do expect this team to be good. Maybe I'm wrong, but like you can't also like tamp down saying like, well, I, we're, I we're just say, trying to get back to winning nine or ten games. It's like, what are you doing this for? That no, You're for this program. But, uh, look, I follow tons to. of yeah. Browns
3: fans. And like, I think the expectations from those who are like seeing all this that you mentioned are very high. Yeah, that's I, agree. I think there's a I lot agree. of pressure on Stefanski.
2: I agree, and Barry, I think. Browns are Jimmy
3: Haslam hasn't stuck around with these GMs too long. Browns. This time he has
1: start five and O in October. What are you up to over there, Mark?
3: Well, I'll see. I mean, I'm not. You know, it's like I like I. This is my
1: check in my my. I know, I know. We do this periodically. We, we do this
3: periodically, but um, like, let's just let's just see what happens.
1: It would be they would be a big story. They would absolutely be a big story, and and you brought up the Browns type of a couple of years ago when we talk about the Jets and their season coming up. Such a big difference with that team in terms of hype because it was built on soggy foundation ultimately because Baker was the problem and he was the quarterback and the defense. That's pr- defense if, if Baker ever been, gets, been good. Yeah, in, if Deshaun could play, quarterback's not going to be the problem.
2: Yeah, defense needs to not be too. They they have been a a, a total letdown. Heck, they could have I think they could have made the Super Bowl. That that their offense was good enough to make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl with Baker
3: Mayfield that year, but the defense. Yeah, he wasn't Oh, he wasn't always the problem. Like flying Baker. F, Mark. <laughs> All right. Uh Again, I wrote this in the middle of the night, so I'm just checking back into it now, but I want to uh, let you know how I feel about this letter. You I
1: totally believe
2: it. that. You uh, also texted us at 6 in the morning. So well, no, I, like, I,
3: that is a factual account of how this <laughs> occurred. Uh, F is for F me. I'm a Patriots fan. Oh. oh, no. Well, hold on. Mark. Here's the problem. We're not bad. We're boring. We're right down the middle. A big fat bowl of heavily textured cottage cheese. A beacon pointing only to yesterday. If I'm a 16-year-old Patriots fan, I've been duped into this by a gaggle of hard-drinking Worcester, Mass. Uncles. They've known nothing else but ease since the turn of the century, slapping each other on the back and walking around their workplaces, parroting little Belichickian phrases.
1: Can we get a split screen of Mark and Greg for the balance (laughs) of this read? Go ahead, Mark. Little Belichickian (laughs) phrases. Little Bill
3: wannabes in every desperate corporate office. Men cradled in swaddling clothes through the childlike ease of six Super Bowls. Every Christmas morning is Christmas. Every dawn, there's a bulging (laughs) Easter basket by your bedside. But if you're that 16-year-old Patriots fan, the feeling is different. The feeling is that of being flung out of a moving vehicle along the burning mass turnpike, seven feet above the ball boys. They're silenced, rotting corpses, a minor price to pay for touchdowns. Their flesh will produce springtime flowers. That's how the earth works. But this time, those flowers are being delivered from somewhere else the House of Satan. Welcome to your endless winner, a 32-year period where you will know in great detail every inch of Sports Siberia. I'm sure you'll stick around. <laughs> That's my report on the New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it.
2: So you guys, um, you didn't like it. I remember West didn't like it when I brought up that uh, I was getting out when Brady leaves, but it, it looks like it was a good, good move, you know. Well,
3: you didn't stick
1: around. Um yeah. That it reminds me of Lack's character. What Tony Soprano said um in the uh first episode of The Sopranos where he's talking about, you know, what it was like growing up around uh the heyday of the mob in in, in Jersey and he kind of comes to a realization. And he says, "Lately I've been getting the feeling that I came in at the end. The best mm-hmm. is over." And right. that's, that's not just the, the Patriots. There's a lot of fan bases through all sports that you kind of come of age after a glory period. Golden
2: but, State Warriors, uh, your, your 10-year-old fans here. Yeah,
1: but it's particularly probably annoying for the teenage New England uh, sports fan who get the Celtics and, and the... Well, runs, yeah, it's not all bad. the regular season, at least, um, that you, there was actually a 20-year run. So it was like an endless summer that you don't now have. I, I just like that someone else is speaking on this topic rather than me and I'll say no more. Well,
2: w- forget the teenagers, at least they got some they got some great fun at like Great times to be a fan when they were 10, 11 uh, years old. My poor son Walker is jumping into the Patriots fans. He's eight years old. He can't, re- he can't remember that Rams game. No, you don't, it's have been to, you, live you don't, don't have to, nothing but media in Southern
1: California. I give haven't that.
2: been pushing it on him and he's quick to jump to whoever's winning, but in his heart, actually, the yeah, Patriots but, are his number one. But
1: You're not really following the Patriots too closely. I at am, I mean, I'm
2: rooting for him, but I'm not, I don't feel the, I, I felt this. I, and I really noticed during this, you know Celtics run I don't have the emotions and I think cuz it's work related but I don't have the same uh devastation on a losing a Patriots game or win they I I feel more like a fan with the Celtics
3: you used to Greg I'm, I remember I being to, at those certainly. Super Bowls with you your your body was quivering six titles
1: so I would think as someone that is a a reasonable person deep inside you know how mad can you get when you get six
2: I also right. I, I agree with it, that, and uh, I think it's healthy with our work if you feel like uh, just uh, being loyal to football and uh, disconnecting a little bit from your team and still still rooting for them. They're still the, te- the only team that really uh, you know,
1: just supporting the shield, you're saying, yeah, blindly supporting. Like Rob shield. Lowe.
2: Uh, this roster's not terrible. That's the weird thing. They're got I, I, I think the schedule's tough, uh, but I think they're going to be a pain. And they'll probably annoy everyone, and they'll probably win eight or nine games again somehow. That's what Seven, I said eight, eight the other nine, day, like right Jeff,
1: down the middle. Right, they uh, are. It makes sense in a loaded AFC East on paper that the Patriots will eat dirt and go four and thirteen and be feasted on by all these teams. There's logic for, toward that, but it's probably not how it's going to play out. It's a credit to Belichick, um, even though. Now Bill has something to prove. Such a huge year for Belichick.
2: I think he's trying to be good on defense because that's what he knows and feels like he's best at. And they have set up a young and very versatile secondary. Uh, They added to their front seven. I, I actually think on paper, the defense could be a top five or six defense. And and they played like that really the last couple of years without the same amount it's of the talent. offense that needs to be yeah so the offense much better. needs
3: to be a, a lot better. Yeah, well, you know. counter-argument, we were downstairs watching, um, you know, on NFL Network the Rams the first Rams Patriots Super Bowl, and it's you know six minutes into the fourth quarter and Tom Brady has ninety six yards, right. and the defense is not allowing the Rams and Kurt Warner to do anything. So back to the roots, maybe, but still kind of boring. And that,
2: yeah, that was a boring. People thought that two thousand one team was boring. And they
3: that, were easy to until root for, until it back wasn't. Then. Well, they started like one and three, I believe that year.
1: They were, yeah, they were fine. It was fun. I was in Boston for that ride. That yeah, was. I just mean they were like games. the twenty-fifth yeah.
2: highest-scoring offense for the regular season, or something.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. G, G is for Green, comma Trent replacement. Matt Ryan joining Whoa. CBS, and I just want to say, first of all, I don't actually believe that Trent Green. I hope he has a long career that continues to to flourish with the Tiffany network. Um, I do feel like there's a, um, with Matt Ryan, he always seemed to be someone that would be, um, destined to be in a broadcast booth. He looked like that when he was 27 years old, when you take his helmet off, always like, Oh, he looks like he's should be standing next to Iron Eagle. Uh, TV and, man. And now here, here we are. That time has come and he's coming off, obviously a rough couple of years. Um, back end of his career uh, where he struggled in Atlanta with a not so hot team and then went to Indianapolis and was part of that tire fire uh, so now he joins uh, CBS he reiterated uh, by the way that he's not retiring and there's a there's a business reason for that because he still do 12 million from the Colts this year <laughs> uh, so it would not behoove him to retire because that would muddy up those uh <laughs> those greenbacks from heading into his bank account from the cults who are are desperate to just move forward as an organization wow. uh, my other point that i make like, about matt ryan uh there is a tendency for even though there's more scrutiny than ever on these booths it's almost like everybody wants the same thing and there's just like a flattening out of uh, what you expect from your play-by-play guy and what your announcer. And that's why part of what made Romo a sensation for that brief period. It's like, well, he's got this enthusiasm and he's predicting plays. He's just different. And then when you see Greg Olson, who I like a lot, but he's now ho- held up as this, like the Vanguard, it's like, he's just like pretty steady. He's not like a lot of juice to him. Give me the Matt Ryan, who's a maniac. The guy that uh, w- there are legends about, about how angry, and he's screaming at people on the field, and has like a a ton of aggression in him when he uh, studies the game and, and sees plays not go the way they want. I want Matt Ryan with the red face. I want him getting mad. I want I want some more personality in the booths in general, uh, in the NFL, and really in sports media in general. But the these NFL booths, and maybe Matt Ryan will shock us and not just be a milk toast, uh, generic XQB like some others we've known. But kind of brings a little edge and gets a little mad at the guys and isn't afraid to be overly critical. I, you know, mix it up, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think
3: it's so like unpredictable which one of these guys succeed. And it's funny because Matt Ryan is was that way and fiery, except always had an attitude of kind of being dull. It you think about Matt Ryan, you kind of think of like maybe just a notch or two personality wise more exciting than even Joe his name. Flacco. Yeah, but I mean maybe he'll be great. I mean, I think it's interesting that he's hopping right in where um while there's increasing doubt that Tom Brady will ever take the role that he signed up for. No,
1: there isn't. Yes,
3: there is. There's, there's not
1: increasing doubt.
3: There's literally reporting. Right here, now. me and Mark. No, yeah, there's there's, just you guys we're increasing. keep saying there's, go it Go go, read what Andrew Marchand's
1: put out over the last week. Go read what Andrew Marchand said as a uh, pushback to him getting aggregated off his podcast. So hold on. So
3: like the one thing is, why does Tom Brady need an entire year to go prepare for this when Matt Ryan's just going to go do it right now.
1: Because Brady has the ability to do that. He could do whatever he wants.
3: Very invested in Tom Brady doing this. But I think because I from the
1: start, I have a sandwich on it. I said, everybody's got to chill out. Everybody's expecting him to do something crazy. I
3: think it's a great sign when you're like, I might do this in a year. Like, it's in, in general in life. It's like, I'm really excited about doing this, but I'll maybe pick it can up I, in year. Can I eight. turn it around?
2: Right. I just realized he's going to be at the—he committed to going to the Patriots game week one. I guess he's not working. He's No, he's not. No, he's he's nice. already Taking said, year said he's off. not working sure. at all
3: this year. Uh,
1: I'm going to turn it around. Why are people like you guys so invested in him not doing it? We just like our predictions to be right.
3: Yeah, I just I think that's probably what it is.
1: <laughs> I find <that> it's it's <laughs> interesting. I mean, I think why they, everybody's so like plugged into the idea of him reneging on the agreement. I think part of me, I'm trying to like say like, well, no, like he sought out this contract. It's a huge deal. It gives him high visibility at a, a huge salary with not a ton of work. Uh, why are we just assuming he's looking to get out of a deal that he sought out and signed? I think it was just like an exciting moment, like.
2: Kendall Roy got Tom Brady signed up for a minute. (laughs) Then they got to have a press release and then nothing ever
3: happens.
1: All right. I guess we'll see. I I love it. You talk about like,
3: you know, the burning intensity. Don't worry about who you're talking about. Be critical. It's like, I need a year to sit on this and maybe get better at it. It's like, I just don't see that. Would Tom Brady take a year to go play football? I think he was saying,
1: I just played football for 20 straight years. Well, and Matt I'm going to dive into Matt this. Ryan so I'm taking it. Came in
3: in what 2008? It's not it's not like he's jumping out of his you know career after his first contract. I think it's
2: more likely that Tom Brady will be announcing games at some point than it is that Matt Ryan is suddenly going to, you know, turn into Don Rickles and, or uh, have a lot of fire.
1: I think he could be good. And That's I'm, my hope and wish but and a dream, really, but not the reality.
2: I, yeah, I can't imagine that, just hearing him in front of a microphone. That said, I think he could be, I just want information. I want to get smarter. And if he's a little dry, but he's like, The Mayock type of announcer, where you're—he's teaching the audience and is a little dry. I like that, and that's—that's what I'm hoping for, because I don't think we're getting personality, fiery Matt Ryan. I haven't seen that.
1: It'd be cool though, wouldn't it? It would be like oh wow, it's a Matt Ryan game. Oh yeah, Uh, Team X is playing poorly. Oh, Ryan's calling the game. He's gonna give it to him, (laughs) or he'll get—you know—he's hyper emotional about certain. It's like that's why I want—I want Dan Campbell to win a Super Bowl with the Lions at some point. But I also love to see Dan Campbell going off on some bros in the booth. He could be like a, a madden figure, maybe.
3: It'd be a great surprise for Matt Ryan to be to be what you're suggesting.
1: The letter H. All right, Greg. I'm, I'm going to go with uh,
2: one of the most underrated words in the English language, her Nice one. Her-stute, uh, meaning like hairy or shaggy. And, um, you know, it's a great time for the off-season, just like the best beards. Uh, or just to think about, like it's a time for people to experiment with their Hears, facial he, hair.
1: Who's the most here on the show? Right
2: now? It's probably Greg. Mark. Oh, I'm the most, I'm the hairiest? he's yeah, well, probably now, the most though. body
1: hair per capita.
3: Yeah, because yeah. I, 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 you did. have a hairy chest, don't you? I do, I do. I have think a there was, there were like a, uh, beach images that leaked of Greg about eight, nine years ago <laughs> on Facebook. Beach
1: images that leaked. Yeah. Damashek
3: uh, was all over it, I remember that. Uh that is ridiculous. <laughs> I, uh. Oh my God. I kind
1: of remember that. Yeah, I don't.
2: Sam
3: was up in arms
2: about I don't. <laughs> um, on the no cover got of, taken down or something of like the that. other podcast, I do the Justin Lick and Rose Albani You took project. them off? I, took show, them? I, show it. Okay, I show it off a little bit. What do you mean you show it
3: off
1: on the other podcast?
2: Uh, well, just, no, the uh, The, oh, co- your robe. Your the robe. cover art. I'm wearing oh. like, a robe, and you can kind of <laughs> see it. Uh, so everyone, <laughs> check that out on iTunes. You're
1: not like Robin Williams or anything? I'm not, oh, I'm I look. Like at I'm my, basically a wet uh, seal. Rough. Like I just don't. I don't have a lot. Mark is probably very average on balance. I would say in terms of there's
2: a uh, little in the front, though it's yeah. Uh, it's, well, I look it's at my brother though and my dad, and um, they're just they're just kind of like gor- gorillas walking around, like, <laughs> very hairy backs and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I I'm happy in my family that I'm I'm the least uh, her stoop. But it also Go could ahead. just be like hairy and shaggy. I mean, right now sure. uh, maybe maybe it's Mark with the the beard.
3: I don't know a little bit. I mean, but not to, really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a huge yeah. like debate between the three of us on this front. Do, we did. I do what have. Is a, the, why are we going down this road? I, do, I don't know. Oh, I just
2: just uh, wait. What does that have to
1: do? Yeah. What's the glossary of terms connection to uh, here? Here's, well,
3: here. just like we
2: could have a best <laughs> beards in the NFL conversation. Oh. Uh, you got Kelsey. You yeah. got uh Mike Evans. I've always thought is a nice beard. It's very consistent. It's always there. Uh, Darnold has one of the worst beards, I thought when he added that. was one of the tightest spirals. It looked though. like, uh, yeah, looks like his... a guy who couldn't really get it going. And I just think that's
1: an well, Andy Dalton grew a surprisingly strong orange beard. Yeah, and yeah, I he get... grew
2: more attractive when he like with with a Absolute. number of his styling moves. It yeah. just felt like more. That's something you can experiment with in the off season. It's an off season conversation. And then once we were in the off season during the pandemic, oh, I yeah. think we have a shot of it. Do we? Uh, Eric, let's take a look. Oh my god! If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, oh, we got yeah, our, our great friend Chris Wesley, and we got Mark. I mean, Mark might be the most astute guy uh, there. I don't know. I don't know how to use astute. It's weird so well. because
1: um, I had never attempted to truly grow out a beard until the world uh, nearly ended or seemed like it was ending. So I just, you know, it just kept on. It didn't really grow in full in like a cool mountain man way. It just was splotchy and yeah. itchy after a while. And it's like, this sucks. So Mine was maybe like the
2: longest it. and it's like the thickest in parts. But again, I'm not connecting the mustache with the beard. So right. it's not you have really a connector. Looking, yeah. uh Wes's uh, was, was
3: fantastic. It
1: was a solid beard.
3: And, uh, Plus and with Mark's the bald head. great yeah. as well. I mean, it was a very strange time. Uh We had an agreement just to keep growing the beards. Then suddenly unannounced. I remember this one show and I got, um, you know, a little bit uh, inappropriately annoyed by it. I think Dan and Greg just suddenly shaved out of nowhere with no announcement. It was just like, well, what happened to our? We had an agreement, and then it was like, yeah, <laughs> but now we're, first? we're
1: out. Maybe me. we're moving on.
3: We're societies. Somebody, yeah, to normal. Have,
1: maybe it was you. But I it think, does sound like something you get like me. really. Well, mad we didn't about. discuss. I mean, I, it's yeah. not,
3: you know, it's just like blinded by right. by the move. Just, it wasn't
1: like you were left to be humiliated when we did the next show and you stole the beard, though. You look nice. I, I just, don't
2: know. It it uh it piqued me. I just wanted to get her stew out there. Uh all right.
1: People should learn. Good job. Good work. That's a uh, Weston now used to use the word zaftig a lot. Yeah. Like a large s a, individual. Uh, a rubenesque woman. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and uh we'll hit the rest of part 1. Here's what I found
0: from dictionary.com. <laughs> a woman's figure, plump but shapely, curvaceous.
1: That literally was that not has to go on the show. That has to
2: go Whoa, on Whoa, my
1: Apple Watch wanted to chime in. Or whether, maybe that was correct. What did she say plump um,
3: but shapely?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that has
3: to go on. Wait, what did that even what was it
0: even talking about? Zaftig. Zaftig. Oh, it
1: Zaptig. gave the oh. definition. Um or maybe it was my search history.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring. All right, I is for imbruglio. Ah, another good
1: word. Yeah, Natalie? it means,
3: um, I mean, it's got a couple meanings, but it's an intricate and confusing interpersonal situation, and we've all been there. Uh, but in this case, I refer to the Niners. And, I, you know, I think, like, um, I'm going to ask you if it's an imbruglio because I, I look at this quarterback situation, and we're familiar with it, but there are some new developments. Um, on one level, when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, who can't seem to get enough of a good thing, uh, you've got like this post-surgery wonder boy with Brock Purdy. And it's like he's not – I I just assume he's not going to start the season. But why would we never not be fascinated to see what he is on the other side of this uh, rehab, right? You've got a former first-round pick in Trey Lance who's thrown 102 passes in two seasons. And you sold the farm for him, uh, and he's just hanging out. And then you bring in uh, – a first-round flame-out in Sam Darnold, who, frankly, I mean, because we've seen Kyle Shanahan... Sam Darnold! We've seen him um, endure, really, I'd say, uh, a really elongated, um, intense man crush on Kirk Cousins back in the day. And maybe it still goes on. You don't hear about it as much, but there were even little whispers this offseason that Kirk Cousins could have been a target for Kyle Shanahan. So I am just wondering, because I'm at this point now where I don't care about facts. I just assume that Darnold is going to start What? A game or two out of the gate. I absolutely do. If you listen to what Kyle Shanahan is saying about Sam Darnold, uh, I think we could be three weeks into the season, and if you get Sam Darnold, who does have skills, and you could argue everywhere he's been has been a mess, um, you get the Shanahan treatment, and you get the three best weeks of Sam Darnold's existence on the field, and he's, like, zipping passes to Debo Samuel and doing things that, you know, better than Jimmy G. And then suddenly you've got a healthy Brock... Purdy sitting there and you've got Trey Lance who you sold multiple first round picks for as your third string quarterback. Um, this is like not a QB room. It's like a QB harem. And uh. I am just wondering, like, is this an embrulio? <laughs> like, a, again, a, a, a sort of a sketchy intricate and confusing interpersonal situation, mm, or is like it that. just another Niners off season and we don't need to worry about it because it's all going to figure itself out.
1: Anybody that's listened to the show for any period of time, um, including my friend Gospel, who I met out to Mother's Day dinner last night, um, who was a huge fan of the show and had a lot of questions about things going on behind the scenes. Ooh, shout out to Gospel. Uh, shout out, Gospel. Um, Knows that I've been banging the table for Darnold getting a real chance uh, in terms of good coaching, good players around him. I'm very excited and hopeful he does get that chance in San Francisco um, because I think he could do well. Because I think not to take down Brock Purdy at all but I really do think Kyle Shanahan and the that setup there is so good that if you can get a guy that is a professional that knows the playbook that can make quick reads and put a throw on on the money with some accuracy Shanahan went out of his went out of his way to say that he he calls Sam Darnold a unbelievable thrower of the football I think he thinks he can do the offense the way Brock Purdy did and if he does Darnold's going to probably hold on to that job for a while, but oh. a lot, a lot has to happen still in terms of, uh, uh, learning what's going on with Trey Lance and his, his finger. And of course, Purdy and his elbow.
2: I think the, the keyword you said there were quick reads. That's where Brock Purdy, uh, aced the old, uh, S2 test. And I think that's why Sam Darnold is on his third team. He doesn't make quick reads, doesn't make quick decisions. He doesn't have the quarterback processing to this point at, I think that's what's gotten in his way.
1: But doesn't the other stuff factor in potentially into making quick decisions, whether it's line play, well, everything's weapons white. around yeah, you? Ev- I mean, the play calling. I, I think you
2: either have a natural sort of NFL quarterbacking ability uh, in terms of, and you can improve it certainly. Darnold's young, but I don't think he has that at a level. Like I think Purdy, as a rookie, was already better than Darnold's ever been. Now, oh, yeah. Kyle Shanahan's system. Uh, I'm just saying in that one trait, Kyle and system is such that you have answers to the test at every play. You have open receivers and that, yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see Darnold looking great. I did. I don't know. I just don't know how Trey Lance fits into all
3: this. I think like you almost uh, have to try to trade Trey Lance if you're sold that Darnold can just be your.
1: So the reporting out there now around Lance was that the finger injury from his first season led to a complication uh, in his second season, that was keeping him from throwing the ball the way he wants to, and apparently that's now corrected. Now, the, a lot of this is the classic spin that you hear every offseason. Like, this thing that used to be a problem is no longer a problem anymore. It, it sounds like a lot of excuses for a guy who's, you know, as much as we rightfully kill Zach Wilson for being a bust, like Trey Lance taken right behind him has done not much more. Barely played. Barely played in the, in the two years he's been in the league, so... I don't. I just don't know what kind of trade value he has right now. Not well, really. there's I don't no, think much.
3: I think it would need to be like you know a team with with promise. L- again, loses someone the same way they could have maybe traded Jimmy G a year ago, and it didn't happen. There's no guarantee there. There's a space for him anywhere.
2: Weirdly, Walker um, has started in the mornings because for some reason, like it's allowed that he can watch some sports in the morning, before, you know, because he gets up so early, but not like regular TV. But he started going back and watching the season on game pass and he had that, really he had Trey Lance's start up the other morning I couldn't help uh watch it and then I was like and I know everyone's like oh, I was in a rainstorm and it's one game That that's all true but like he doesn't he kind of like Darnold he doesn't have the pocket presence and it was just one start but he doesn't have the pocket presence where he like stays cool if there's anything going on around him he just sort of freaks out but from one angle
3: there is something really beautiful about the way that Walker is uh just loving sports, and and really, in, in many ways, reminds me of what probably a young Greg would be. From another angle, I feel like it's like a, that old SI story on like Todd Marinovich's father, where like he's just being <laughs> basically groomed to be an NFL.com right. writer by age
1: twelve or so. Well, like during games, wakes game... up one day, he's seventeen. He's like, "What happened to my childhood?"
2: Exactly. During Game Seven of the Celtics, who have tr- you know, tried to raise him as a big fan, we we have been. He's off watching NASCAR because he's more into that. So. <laughs> can't control
1: them <laughs> all right uh, up next uh jay J is for jubilation J is for justice J is for Jesus is real this commander sale is gonna happen. Um, you know how I know it's on our website, NFL.com, that the partnership led by Josh Harris, who co-owns multiple professional sports teams, has entered into a purchase and sale agreement with the Washington Commanders' owners Dan and Tanya Snyder to buy the franchise. The two sides announced on Friday. The agreement is subject to NFL approval by a vote of at least three-fourths of the league's 32. 32 team, three-fourths is 75 percent. 24 votes needed. And there's another report out there, uh, Greggy, that under ordinary circumstances, uh, there are some questions about how many people are involved with the purchase of uh, the team, uh, Magic Johnson and a whole host of people that the NFL is not entirely comfortable uh, with some specifics of uh, this new ownership group. However, they want to turn the page so badly uh, that this Josh Harris group is in a great situation where the NFL is more willing to look past things, maybe they ordinarily mm. would not, because it is time to give the Commanders life again.
2: Oh, plus he's paying six billion dollars for the team—six billion, like six point
1: oh uh, five billion. The
2: Panthers were.
1: What is a point oh five, by the way? What is that? Is that point oh five? Yeah, of a, of a billion. So what? What is it? It's six, like um, five hundred thousand. Five hundred million. <laughs> $500 dollars.
2: I mean, I uh, I didn't get a thirty-nine on a state mandated test, but I I didn't do that well.
1: Yeah, but now we're both in the weeds on the same math equation. So that's what, what did saying, it all mean saying, in the end? Uh,
2: I'm not high enough to get this quickly. It really
3: shouldn't be that hard. It's uh three hundred thousand dollars.
1: Oh really? That
3: was pretty close. In fact, I'm not sure that's Five. right, but I, I believe it is. Oh,
1: Six sick. billion three hundred thousand. Such a weird. It's like such a weird, uh, like little add-on there—the 300 Gs.
2: I think, yeah, it just called six again oh. to go back to the roy's. It seemed like they—he was fixated because there were reports that they were going to get more than six billion, and so this is more than six billion, and he made those reports come true. This is all great. It reminds me a little bit of. Um, you know how we saw in the rookie minicamps this weekend that football is back. Like, that, there's, there's 75 different moments that football is back. Like, I feel like there's already been three or four moments where the commanders were sold, and there's still going to be more because the owners actually have to officially vote on it, and he mm. has to officially become the owner. Like, Snyder is still the owner as of today. So... uh we'll we'll do a parade and we we've talked about it before. It is um it's one of the most momentous things to happen since we've started doing this podcast. A a franchise that has been all but destroyed and and taken for granted and just run into the ground that that has great fans is going to have someone different running. It's it's amazing.
3: It is terrible news probably for Ron Rivera. After essentially going probably in that. and doing, you know, hazard taking hazard pay to run the place for multiple years, I think that everyone will be swept out. He's a smart guy, though, right? So long, though,
2: he's getting yeah. one more year. At That's stage. what I
1: mean. Like he's, yeah. this is not uh, ideal for him as you know, winning a Super Bowl as a head coach. But he's, yeah. By the way, I should just Win because 10 games and he'll keep a job. It's a, it's a obviously a big story with a lot of layers. So I should be a little more specific. It's the Washington Post um, that shares uh, the opinion. Uh, this is via um, PFT. Uh, from an unnamed person familiar with the sale process, uh, quote, if not for the other owner's strong desire to remove Snyder from the league, the Harris deal probably would not have been approved without some revisions. One issue is the raw size of the proposed group of limited partners. They each have to be properly vetted by the league. That will slow things down.
3: Um, I mean, the Dolphins had like the Gloria Stefan and all those other people involved. Wow, I mean, that was They were just kind of like...
2: Uh,
1: like all the Williams sisters? Yeah. Not just Serena and Viennis, There There's like 14 others. There's just like, they're all in. Come on in.
2: Irvin Magic Johnson is part of this group.
1: And um, as
2: he said, well, God really blessed him with an amazing sports week. And the Lakers won. My Dodgers swept the Padres. He also owns the Dodgers. And I became an owner. I, he should have specified NFL owner. But I don't get the sense uh, there's a lot of editing with his tweets in general. No. Because he already was an owner.
1: Magic, man. He's doing it. What a ride for magic, huh? (laughs) I mean, if you're old enough to know the magic story, what a ride. Ah! All right, let's wrap it up. We got a couple more. (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's see. K, Greg. All right. Uh, K is for kinetic.
2: Pertaining to motion, caused by motion. And to me, that is the Miami Dolphins. Like, they are the pre-snap movement... Before the snap, everything just looks in perfect harmony after the snap, like they are kinetic. And it reminds me of how when Kyle Shanahan has shown up to places like Atlanta, everyone's like, hey, you're two Kyle Shanahan's like Matt Ryan kind of struggled that first year. But that second year, that's when it really clicked in and the whole MVP thing happened. Uh, Mike McDaniel like laughed at that. He didn't need a year to set it up. He had it all coached so well from day one, that they looked in perfect harmony. They have great continuity. We've talked about all the good things they've done on their defense, so I think they'll just be a better team because they're deep on defense, have better defensive coaching. But to me, this is his chance. In Miami, you just don't know how many perfect chances you're going to get. How long is Tyreek Hill going to be in his prime? Like, everything is there right now. They have terrific continuity. They brought in Isaiah Wynn, which I thought was a smart signing over the weekend, a guy who was in my top 50, who actually upgrades their tackle depth. Quite a bit. He might start uh, for them. Just give him a shot. He's hmm. had some good snaps. It's also career.
1: problematic, maybe, but
2: uh, he yeah. struggled the last couple of years and didn't really seem to be on, you know, on the straight and narrow. But he has some good NFL tape, which most people available now do not. I just, to me, this offense is kinetic. It's perfect. It's like right now is the year for them to take off. There is a chance it'll happen.
3: Really rough division. I mean, their schedule. Like when we say like the Patriots schedule, it's like the it's every one of these teams are dealing with the same thing. Um, but every time before Mike McDaniel was hired, it was like, this is this guy. Like, this is the guy behind Kyle Shanahan that's doing all these things. Right. That, like, basically told Debo Samuel in that final season before he went to the Dolphins, like, if you let me, you know, when he was doing an immense amount of rushing and receiving. If you let me handle your career this year, I'll give you a year that makes you a ton of money. It's like he, re- he specializes in taking certain players and creating some of their finest seasons, which is what Kyle Shanahan did, like in Houston and other places before he was a head coach himself. So, I mean, there's nothing not to agree with here. And Mike, was,
2: Mike McDaniel was there with Kyle at almost every step of the way. Sure. And if he is really the guy... Not, like, the guy versus Kyle, but just, like, the next guy as, like, a true innovator. I just think it's set up for this season to to potentially be really special offensively.
1: You could tell me the Dolphins are playing in the AFC title game, and I'd believe you. you tell me that they finished last place in the AFC East. I would believe you equally.
3: That's a volatile division. Yeah.
1: But them especially, they like, they do feel like, uh, and obviously the health of the quarterback is a major part right. of it. If but... Tua
2: was healthy, I'd be shocked if um, if they're not good. But, you know... It, I get shocked in this.
1: And Mike White is a better backup, but still not an overly proven player himself uh, who's had issues staying on the field at times. So there's a lot of uh, variance there, but it's all on paper. It's all there. Kinetic. Kinetic. K L Mark.
3: Here's another team that I'm annoyed at L is for luck. Be a lady tonight sung once by Marlon Brando um, sung by Frank Sinatra.
1: Many times. That's what I, I always thought he was. It was Canon. It was Frank.
3: Uh, I mean, it's from a play, Guys yeah. and Dolls, and I believe Brando was a, he mm. was in the play. I didn't know that, but I know, like I, Sinatra
2: I, took that New York, New York song too and made it his.
3: Yeah, thing. Sinatra, absolutely. He sure did. Like, it's, we, no that was kind of what
1: his thing was. He right. Took no one's these... thinking
3: Guys and Dolls. I I get that. Right. I get that part. But right. I I sort of just shoved that in there. That's what the what the what, the what a voice are. on that Sinatra, huh? He's a good singer. But I would ask you this: Could you ever imagine Josh <laughs> McDaniels in a top hat and cane uh, singing that song? On the biggest stage of all, well, me neither, because <laughs> L is for the Las Vegas Raiders, who strike me slightly as an identity-free and drifting franchise. Wait, my head's
1: spinning a little bit right now.
3: I this is about the Raiders.
1: The biggest stage, so you're saying singing that song at the uh, like a, on the riser at the Super Bowl, uh, or like a stage like in Vegas.
3: In this world, him singing like being a yeah. star of the show and singing would be him coaching the Raiders in the Super Bowl. Oh,
1: so not even specifically singing that song, but just being a it's, – It's a metaphor.
3: It's like his it. time in the sun, and I'm not sure that time's coming. All right, go ahead. Uh, so this is a team that – let me get this straight. Um, I understand that Vegas, maybe
1: – Vegas,
3: Maybe not everything went your way, but you bench Derek Carr. Um, you ship him out of town in a box. Then after all this time, <gasps> your quarterback is Jimmy G, who's basically just a better-looking Derek Carr. So it's – it, uh, uh, I know that Raiders that's, fans – That's actually David
1: Carr. That's true, too. Yeah, but that's a little – But I'm
3: words. just comparing their playing ability. Um, and, like, Raiders fans are always uh, getting super defensive, uh, hot and bothered over words against their team. But, uh, but I'm going to ask you this right now. The Las Vegas Raiders, are they better than the Bills? Are they better than the Jets? Are they better than the Dolphins? Are they better than the Patriots? Are they better than the Bengals? Are they better than the Ravens? Are they better than the Steelers? Are they better than the Browns? Are they better than (laughs) than the Jaguars? Are they better than the Chargers? Are they better than the Chiefs? Welcome to nothingness. Oh, my God. (laughs) We definitely got a dark, overnight Sessler
2: vision. Uh, It's not a lot of sunshine. I was
3: surprised when I looked up and down the (laughs) AFC because my answer to every one of those is... Either definitely or very likely no. Okay, yeah, you skipped the AFC South, and yeah, so
2: you, you left out a few teams. And if your point is going into the season, on paper, <laughs> they're probably like 12th in the AFC or whatever that list would have come out to. 12th, 13th? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, at I, best. I can't argue with you. The crazy thing is I look at their roster, I'm doing the projected starters, and like, I'm shocked they kept the offensive line the same, and they definitely got a lot of questions on defense, but... Like, I just look at that roster overall, and I'm like, eh, that's a six- or seven-win team. But you're right, in the AFC, that might not be enough to even win four or five. You know, it it could be tough. It could be tough.
1: Yeah, I I know what you're saying, that, like, it's that old, if you're not competing for the Super Bowl, what are you even doing? Like, if you're investing money in big-time veterans, like Devontae Adams making a big splash for Jimmy G and all that, if you're not actually in contention, is this the right way to be running a team? Um, so that I get that. So if you're a Raiders fan, do you think you're going to win the Super Bowl this year? No, you're probably not. But do they also, are they so bad that they're like one of those, like the Cardinals fans are feeling this year that like, why are we even going mean, to watch Cardinals the have a plan. this year? Yeah. But I'm just saying in terms of like, we're looking What's ahead to this. Plan?
3: The Cardinals like have essentially like a massive haul of draft picks and they're using this right, year. They're as tanking a, this yeah, year. So like, plan.
1: so then it becomes like, what? As a fan, would you rather have you? Would you rather have an organization like the Cardinals, since you mentioned them, that, or I mentioned them, that completely has cashed in on an entire season and they're tolling a year forward, or do you want to have the organization that might not be running at a high level and Super Bowl level, but they're trying and they're going to? Hopefully, hang around in the wild card race, and maybe they'll win a couple games that they lost last year. And at the end of the season, they're nine and eight, or maybe they squeeze out a ten and seven and surprise some people. I think that's within the range of outcomes for the Raiders. It person.
3: is. I don't think the Raiders, uh, when I mean, they came into existence, were branded on mediocrity.
1: I get that. I get all that. But it's that's a long time ago now. The Al Davis Raiders and all that. I'm just saying, like when I think about truly kind of depressing setups in the league. I'm not quite on the same page as you. I, I know you're you're more kind of. I'm not a Josh McDaniels fan, but this is not new. You you do not believe in the McDaniels experience in general. Is I want to, to I,
3: like a, you know I'm not trying to. I I think there are little like whispers and anecdotes and there's past stops at when he's the top person that leave me a little concerned, and I don't think all that's completely out of the wash right now. I, no? I'm
2: more concerned about Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator, and that roster on defense, and if they're just one of the worst defenses in the league they're not going to be good enough offensively to make up for. it. I do think Josh McDaniels trying to stack his offense as much as he can to make himself. And and that's not a bad way to go and make the offense look good. And it could Adams, Jacoby Myers, Renfro, Michael Mayer, Josh Jacobs. That's a pretty good uh, group around Jimmy G. If you can keep him healthy. But like I said, I was shocked. They just kept the same offensive line. That was very strange.
1: Uh, all right. Last one. Here we go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. M. <laughs> M is for money. Money, money, give it to me. As Mrs. Miller once said, money makes the world go round. Quinnen Williams wants it. He wants it all. And how annoying is it uh, that, uh, you know, a guy that deserves all the money, you're starting to think, oh, no, is this turning into another one of those things uh, for the for the Jets? Because Williams, who said months ago, hey, uh, give me a new long term deal. That pays me at the top of the market that reflects that I'm an all pro uh, player that is one of the top defensive ends in the league. Um, take alert. care of me. And then what Trope does he do? Alert. Trope alert. He Trope scrubs alert. the Jets uh, from alert. his bio. It, it now alert. says, I don't know if it's changed since now, but defensive line for the. I think it's question mark, question mark, question mark. And I know this is all posturing and all of it, but uh, you can go back for years as far back as like a Keyshawn Johnson Darrell Revis, Jamal Adams, uh, the Jets have an issue uh, paying guys they don't, that they draft and then mm-hmm. giving them that second contract, even when they deserve it. Do not do that with this guy. This guy is a foundational piece. Uh, don't turn this into an offseason of are the Jets going to trade? Just pay the man. Dexter Lawrence just got a ton of guap. Give him the deal, a better deal than that, and move on. OK, and I know you got a lot of other stuff going on. You're reworking the Aaron Rodgers contract. But do not turn this into an issue because I'm just I'm kind of tired of it. It's hard to develop a superstar when you have it. Keep the guy in the building. If he's a guy you trust and believe
3: in. it's interesting that you, you know, brought up Leonard Williams, not not intentionally, but like that's another. There's a, It seemed to be I feel like in the time that we've worked together, four or five like pro bow, all pro caliber defensive lineman that the jets have not been able to hang with who've gone on to play elsewhere and been productive. And it's yeah. like, they, there's so much hanging onto the jets this season. And it's like, they are under an immense amount of pressure. And like, no matter what Aaron Rodgers or not, like th- what you really believe in on that team is the defense and Quentin Williams, like what he did last season is that guy for the jets. And it's like, you can't go on this journey and into week one right. with him anywhere else but on your roster. But I do trust Joe Douglas to figure it out because I feel like we're in this world where like, you can find a way to pay anyone. Think where we were with Debo Samuel a year ago. You can find a way to pay every one of these people. Don't
1: right. right. let it spiral.
3: Yeah, we didn't talk about the Dexter Lawrence signing where, where Lawrence got $60 million
2: guaranteed on a four-year deal. Lawrence played so well late last year. It was really their best uh, player overall, I would say at the at the end of last year. And yeah, Quinnen Williams, um, he's not being subtle about it. I think it's just a normal part of the process. He probably I would guess will get paid. It will be this offseason, I think at some point you might have to go through some annoying stories. But yeah, it says defensive tackle for dot 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 which is a lot of uh dots and the last the last tweet that he retweeted was Dexter Lawrence's contract and uh one of the last uh, things he liked on Twitter was from a uh, kid from Queens three who said, uh, stop effing around um, um, <laughs> and sign Q since you want to post him an S word uh, as uh, the, the uh, quote retweeting uh, a Jets tweet, which, which included Wayne. Ah. So, so I think Quinnen is letting Just everyone
1: know how he, feels. how about this? <laughs> Quinnin like, you know, you don't need an agent for this. Just do the Lamar thing. Go take the Dexter Lawrence contract. Turn it over to the Jets and say, add $10 million to this, and let's go. And see what Joe says. Mm.
3: I mean, I think it makes – that might be tough because, I don't know, Dexter Lawrence at least had a better year last year. It makes sense to scrub mm. all, all your social at this point. I think you just do it, and, you know, we're talking about it because that's a notable thing. Add .05. That million, works.
1: Or billion. Quinn's yeah. more of a pass rusher, yeah.
3: anyways. And a better player, for what it's worth, I think, than Leonard just Williams. Just .05. Worth. I think they're going to get it done. I don't think it's yeah. going to mushroom into a yeah, total apocalypse. He's
1: better than Leonard Williams. He's better than Sheldon Richardson. He is much closer to like a Revis talent, um, in my opinion. Revis is a Hall of Famer, actually. So maybe somewhere in between those two. Just don't create another distraction. All right, that's part one of um, the glossary A to Z. We'll be back on Thursday uh, with the great Colleen Wolf, who's going to help us out for part two. Good to have Connie around. Good to have anybody around. These days. Final thoughts?
2: Um, just want to say I, you know, sometimes use jokes to show my affection. And sometimes they're little jabs. Um, it's part of how I grew up. Um, and so my mention of your jean jacket, you know, back at our dinner and even even as we tate, it's an, a sign of appreciation.
3: I, Greg, at this point, I feel really comfortable with with what you've said, and I, I appreciate your appreciation, and I also enjoy your wardrobe.
1: And to everybody be- behind the glass, if you want to get a, a, a still of me, I could even s- sit still. <laughs> and if you could just Photoshop uh, both of the gentlemen on each shoulder, black and white, devil and angel. I mean, that, that's just that's gold. I mean, in
2: that. Right there, what you did was just an advertisement. You got to check out the YouTube to see the absolutely uh, the facial expression, the character work that uh (laughs) Hansus is doing over here. A regular Kieran Culkin over here. (laughs) Kieran Culkin. I love that dude.
1: He's love him. Roman Roy is a tough character, man. What? Spoiler alert. Verbal skills. Heed the call.